Oh my god, I'm heartily sorry, for I have offended the productions in association with MediaGauntlet.com presents Views from the Longbox for October 3rd, 2007, episode 14. What have you done? Nothing. Nothing except read comic books. You also lose our jobs on account of comic books. You keep me awake every night with your bad dreams on account of comic books. I really need a new theme song. I mean, there's nothing really wrong with the little Stan Bush clip that I use at the beginning of every episode, or at least most of the episodes from the past few months, but it's just, it's not what I want. I mentioned in the Zero episode that there was a particular song that I had in mind to use, and in a week or so I will finally get it when that DVD comes in the mail and I can just rip it from there, because finding it anywhere else has been pretty much next to impossible. Oh man, that's going to be keen. I'm even kind of designing like the little clips. It's going to be a little more extravagant than the one I have now. Uh, it's it's kind of, you know, kind of be one of those things that says, views from the long box, you know, because I really got to brand this name or something like that. Anyway, enough about my theme song issues. Hey everybody, welcome back to Views from the Long Box. I am your host, Michael Bailey, once again flying solo after my little field trip with Shag last week. Once again, thanks Shag for sitting in with me. I've got another one with you in the pipeline, and hopefully we'll do a few more if I get any kind of feedback on that episode, or actually any episode, but I'll get to that at the end of the show this week. For the first time in several weeks, I will actually be sticking to the promise that I usually make about me taking up about 30 megs on your hard drive and 30 minutes of your time, instead of running 40 minutes to an hour. It's going to be a pretty basic episode this week. Actually, I'm going back to the well of playing comic book theme songs for you, this time spotting the animated themes of the 90s. So that should either be fun, horrifying, or some combination of the two. Mostly horrifying, though. This is a pretty dire list. Before we get into that, though, I want to take a page from one of my favorite podcasts, The Diner, hosted by James Lilacs, and play two themes for you that, to me, are nearly identical. In 1993, going back... God, almost 15 years now. Uh, With much fanfare and advertising, Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. You know, I always kind of wondered, by season four, were they really the new adventures of Superman? I mean, after four seasons, you're not new anymore. But I guess changing the name of the show would have confused some people. Anyways, it was on ABC. And at the time when the show premiered, I was really excited because it was going to be Superman on television again. And It had been about a year since Superboy had gone off the air, so I was, you know, jonesing for some live-action Superman. Unfortunately, we got Lois and Clark, which was 
kind of good in its first season. I enjoy a lot of the first season. And the second season wasn't bad. It just completely changed directions, and I never really warmed up to Justin Whalen as Jimmy Olsen. Michael Landis was always my, my favorite as far as that show goes. Uh, the third season sucked, except for maybe three or four episodes, and I really didn't watch most of the fourth season. Um, they few episodes I did were on the whole terrible. <sighs> I still have to get that damn DVD because the contract I signed. You know, the contract I mentioned back in the Death of Superman episode. But this isn't an episode about Lois and Clark, so I won't go into specifics about how much I thought the show sucked and why right now. But one of the more disappointing aspects of the show I will go into, which was the theme. I never really cared for the theme. For one thing, it just doesn't conjure up images of Superman. Sure, you have the build-up right there at the beginning, but then there was nothing. It fit the show fine, but I would argue that the show wasn't so much about Superman, but Clark Kent. Actually, does the theme conjure up images of Clark Kent? Man, I, I never really thought about that. Oh well, must not dwell on that for too long or we'll be here all day. More than anything, at no point during the theme can you sing the word Superman, which you can do for every good Superman theme. So here is that theme by composer Jay Gruska, who had previously done music for Beverly Hills 90210 and would go on to do music for Charm, so the guy has suck written all over his resume. Anyways, you be the judge about the theme to Lois and Clark the supposedly new adventures of Superman. Okay, I was wrong. There were a few points in there that you could kind of say the word Superman. I I just never really paid too much attention to it, because usually when the DVDs are on, I'm kind of zoning out during the opening credits, because you see them so damn much. It's like when Comedy Central, back in 1994, ran a soap marathon, and I just got so sick of the soap theme because they would play it at the end of the episode and then they would immediately follow it with the beginning of another episode and for like two solid minutes that's all you heard. Anyways, that was pretty substandard, eh? <laughs> for three years I had to live with that theme until Superman the Animated Series came along in 1996 and gave me my second favorite Superman theme of all time composed by the late Shirley Walker. Sometime during 1997, though, I picked up a CD of television theme songs, and while listening to it, I came upon a theme to a show called The Colbys. Uh, 
The Colbys was a spin-off of the rather popular Dynasty, and fit into the adult primetime soap opera model that was so damn popular in the 80s. The theme song for the Colbys was composed by Bill Conti, who did all of the Karate Kid films, and outside of Rocky IV, which was scored by Vince DiCola, who would go on to do Transformers in the movie, he also did all of the Rocky films. Okay, listen now to the theme to the Colbys. It just strikes me how similar those two themes are. I'm not saying Jay Gruska ripped off Bill Conti, because hearing if he did the themes to 90210 and to Charmed, or just worked on the music, I really don't see any kind of similarities between how the two composers work. I just think it's just one of those weird musical coincidences. What I am amused about, though, is the fact that the Colby's piece sounds like a superhero theme, except for the little dynasty trill, uh, the little motif at the beginning of that uh, theme. You know, on a structural level, that's a superhero theme from top to bottom. Well, not from top, but you get what I'm saying. Okay, so on to the matter at hand, which is themes to comic book-inspired animated series from the 90s. Yes, I'm going back to the previous decade, which was really a bonanza of sorts when it came to comic book-inspired animated series. Seems like there was a new one or, or multiple new ones just about every season. What follows are themes to some of the more forgettable series from that era, and one or two that actually lasted a while and or were good. Uh, I was going to play the themes to Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, and Batman Beyond, and I will, just not in this episode. I apologize up front for the sometimes dodgy audio quality of these themes, but frankly... We're dealing with things that I downloaded from the internet, and frankly, no one is taking the time to digitally remaster most of this music. So, you're warned, basically. First up is the theme to the Swamp Thing animated series from 1991. Yes, Virginia, there was a Swamp Thing animated series, and it sucked. Sucked on a level that made the feature film Return of the Swamp Thing look like Batman Begins. 
It was aimed at kids and had nothing of what Alan Moore or Marty Pasco or even Len Wein ever put into the character. Though, an Alan Moore-inspired Swamp Thing series would have been a little too freaky for Fox Kids. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that could have made this theme worse is to make it sound like a really mediocre rock and roll anthem. I think the only thing worse than that theme was the really lousy toy line that came out with this show. I mean, what the hell were they thinking? I mean, God, you know, I know they tried to make RoboCop kid-friendly around the same time, but, you know, Swamp Thing... I don't know. You know, I'd mentioned what a flaming piece of crap that theme was, but frankly, most of these are pretty bad. So, you know, I would just end up you know, saying it again and again, so, you know, let's let's just assume that if it's bad, I know it's bad, and we can move on with life. Next up is Cadillacs and Dinosaurs from 1993, which aired on CBS. This was a series based on an independent book by Mark Schultz, who would later go on to work on Superman the Man of Steel, that originally appeared in 1986 in the pages of an anthology called Death Rattle, and soon had its own series in Xenozoic Tales. That series lasted about 14 issues and jumped from Kitchen Sink to Marvel to Dark Horse. And I'm impressed that the book had such a strong following to inspire an animated series, but something about a guy fighting dinosaurs and living in a post-apocalyptic future and driving around in restored Cadillacs that run on dino droppings, you know, that's just awesome from word go. So, from all accounts, the show was quite good. Uh, my buddy Ryan, who runs Media Gauntlet, really enjoyed it, if memory serves, and that it only lasted about 13 episodes. <laughs> In the 26th century, mankind faces an epic struggle for survival. The forces of nature have spun wildly out of control. Mighty cities have crumbled, and the dinosaurs have returned to reclaim the Earth. Savage Land, one man stands alone, Jack Tenrack, defending humanity in a world gone mad, a world where only the strong survive, a world of... Ca 
Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Also in 1993, Fox Kids, which along with the USA Network, the Kids WB, and UPN, would eventually become the last home to Saturday morning animation in the latter part of the 90s, aired the X-Men animated series. This was when the X-Men were pretty much at the zenith of their popularity, and while I didn't care too much for the show since it bastardized just about anything good Chris Claremont ever did, it was popular. In the 90s, there were two types of animated superhero theme songs. There were those like Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, which kind of spell out the entire concept to you during the course of the theme, and then there was more orchestral themes, and I use the term loosely in many cases. There were a few exceptions to this, and I will point those out when I get to them, or I won't, I don't know, I may not remember. But X-Men had one of those lyricless themes that was trying to tap into a more electronic-sounding feel, because that's what all the kids were getting into or something. The show, at least to me, wasn't all that good, and the theme wasn't much better. Keeping with Marvel for the moment, the 90s produced numerous animated series based on Marvel properties. In 1994, two series premiered in syndication as part of the Marvel Action Hour, and these were the Fantastic Four and Iron Man. The shows weren't bad. Iron Man was really a Forceworks animated series, but featured a good number of Marvel villains and heroes, and had some enjoyable moments to it. I particularly liked the origin story. Uh, Iron Man, by the way, was voiced by Robert Hayes, who played Ted Stryker in the Airplane movies, which really took some getting used to, but he did a good job with the material. Fantastic Four... It wasn't all that good. I mean, you can check it out on DVD. I'm not talking about the recent Fantastic Four animated series, which from all accounts was abysmal. But they actually packaged the 1994 series, I think around the time the first Fantastic Four feature film came out. Um, This one seemed kind of like the more recent one, but done better, was kind of aimed at a more younger audience. And in all honesty, Batman the Animated Series really had me spoiled at the time as far as superhero animation goes, so I could have been judging it too harshly. The themes were another matter. Here's the first theme, because each series had two themes. Here's the first theme to Iron Man.
that wasn't all that bad. I mean, kind of had that whole, you know, dude putting on armor feel to it. Little gothic motif there at the end. So, so not bad. At least, not as bad as this. Wow, what a craptacular theme song. Whenever I hear this thing, I see a kid video type band complete with flock of seagulls hair and white sport coats with some dude playing a keyboard guitar and one of those, you know, it's kind of like one of those videos from the 80s where had the band was on a small stage, like it was in concert or something, but it was really just using the cheapest set humanly possible because they weren't a really popular band and the studio didn't think they were really going to go anywhere but you know they had plugged some money into it so they felt like maybe you know we we got to make this look somewhat good so maybe if they think they're in concert kids will really get behind it yeah that's what i see in the free association version of me hearing this theme song Though that brings up a good point. Who writes this crap? And moreover, who approves this crap once it has been written? I mean, a group of people, probably wearing suits, sat in a room, listened to that song from beginning to end, and said, Hey, sounds good to us. Go for it. The kids will love it. I mean, why can't that be my job? I'd love to pull the kind of bank these guys are probably making for giving the thumbs up to some composer who probably couldn't get a job writing the background music for Cinemax softcore porn and their little ditty about Reed, Sue, Johnny, and Ben. <sighs> God. Well, surprisingly... At some point, they retooled both series, complete with new themes. So here is the new Iron Man theme.
So I guess they really wanted to stress that this was about Iron Man and make it sound somewhat like Iron Man the rock song without really getting sued. Eh, I don't know. I actually kind of preferred the first Iron Man theme on that one, but on the whole, the second Fantastic Four theme was much better than its predecessor, but then again, you really couldn't get much worse, could you? Boy, the audio quality on the back end of that one kind of sucked, didn't it? Jesus. Uh, well, I, I mean, did the guy just stick the tape recorder right up to the television and then kind of breathe in it as he was pulling it back? I don't know. It doesn't really sound like that. I, I have heard uh, from themes I've downloaded uh, on the Internet, themes that were people just putting a tape recorder right up to the speaker, which is cool when you're five, but, you know, if, if you have the presence of mind to rip uh, or tape record music and put it on the internet I would hope you would have more common sense than just putting you know the tape recorder up against the television you know you know that fantastic four theme more more than the first one which is just kind of silly um, that fantastic four theme actually had a cosmic scope to it so I, I guess in that sense it was much more successful. Uh, the show itself wasn't, like I said, it wasn't all that bad. They even had John Rhys Davies as the voice of Thor. You know, a lot of the Marvel shows uh, connected to each other, which was kind of cool. Uh, I do remember, though, that both of these series, uh, when they were about to hit, uh, had a huge push for a Marvel in the comics. Uh, in, in Iron Man, Forceworks, which I mentioned before, and in case you didn't know, was what Avengers West Coast was canceled to become. Fantastic Four, and even the regrettable Fantastic Force, uh, all had ads and they came polybagged, I believe, with something from the series and a contest to win animation cells. So the, the, the shows had a big push. I mean, this was, this was Marvel in the mid-90s when they thought they could do no wrong, when they, you know, they, they had the public offering on the stock exchange, and you had them you know, buying a trading card company, buying Toy Biz, and producing endless amounts of action figures and this was also right around the time that they were about to buy Heroes World and attempt and I, and I do mean attempt to distribute their own comics because, so you know this was this was Marvel trying to become a, a media conglomerate and you're actually going to have to wait until next week 
for the rest of the Marvel themes from the 90s and the rest of the themes that I had planned because I, I could go on right now and do the rest of them, but it would probably eat up uh, more time than I'm really willing to allot uh, to episodes. I, I am really trying to keep this to 30 minutes, so uh, I, I wasn't intending for this to be part one of a two-part episode, but um, this is the end of part one uh, of a two-part episode. So that's it for this week's episode then. <laughs> I will be back with a new episode on October 10th, 2007. In the meantime, you can always check out the official blog for the show, in case that's not how you found it, at viewsfromthelongbox.blogspot.com. There you can find back issues, and I'm using air quotes for that, of views, along with a link to the weekly column version of views over at Comic Stream, which goes up every Friday. Um, right now I have part two of a three-part look at the funeral for a friend and reign of the Superman storylines. Part three will be up on Friday. Uh, you can also check out a link there to the Unique Geek, where I am part of that group's bi-weekly podcast. Uh, there's even a link to the wonderful site that hosts me, MediaGauntlet.com. In addition to all of that, you'll find the RSS feed. You can subscribe to the show through iTunes, where if you're a really nice person, you can write a review for the show like the wonderful Lady Spirit did. And there may be some original material if the mood strikes me, and that's been uh, negative most of the time recently. But I am trying. If you have some extra time of that, you can head over to Podcast Alley and vote for the show so I can have as much bragging rights as being popular on Podcast Alley uh, gets you. And if you have anything you want to say to me directly, the email address for the show is viewsfromthelongbox at gmail.com. Also, a quick announcement. I am putting together Views from the Long Box first... Uh, listener contest I'm trying to work it out how I want to do it I, I do think it will be email based though so I should have in the next few weeks an announcement concerning that Views from the Long Box is presented by Oh My God I'm Heartily Sorry for I Have Offended The Productions in association with MediaGauntlet.com Thanks everybody See you next week Okay. Okay. It's down. Finally. You can all rest easy. Good night.